0: Pittsburgh steeler fans you know what time it is it's time for another episode of bad language my name is brian anthony davis i am the podcast producer here at the network and i am so proud to be talking to you once again on a monday and hey if this is thursday and you're just checking me out for the first time this week thank you so much we appreciate all you do we can't do these shows without you and speaking of great shows jim wexel was on let's ride this morning with jeff hartman It's one of our flagship audio shows, and you don't want to miss this one. You know, Jim, you know that he is a great voice for the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh media. He's written books. Namely, most recently, a book on the Steelers draft. I got it for my birthday. I'm uh, still reading it. It's fantastic. I can hardly put it down. I have to because... I'm going to do stuff like podcasts and the Paula Moller book, which I read, which is absolutely fantastic as well. Great interview, Jeff and Jim check that out. Also, you don't want to miss another episode of the hangover with Tony Defeo and Shannon white this evening. We've got tomorrow from the cutting room floor with Jeffrey Benedict, And then don't forget if you're really into what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers and what happened with the senior bowl. Well, You know they're going to talk about it on The Fix. That's Jeremy Betts. That's Andrew Wilbar. That's Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts. I'm going to give them both top billing. These guys are fantastic as well. Another episode of the Scobro Show coming up tomorrow night. It goes on and on as you are going to get the best possible Steeler coverage right here. So make sure you check it all at. So what are we talking about this week? We're talking about what's on everybody's mind. New personnel for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And here's the deal. I just mentioned Jim Wexel. I haven't mentioned the media, the national media. Where do you think they figure out what the Pittsburgh Steelers need? They listen to go. what's going on in the Pittsburgh market. They listen to shit like this. They listen to guys like Jim. They also look at stuff like PFF and figure that they know exactly what the Steelers need. And it's funny because they'll look at PFF and look at grades. And they'll bring up a position that nobody really knows that they need. They'll just look at different scores and say, oh, the Pittsburgh Steelers need another quarterback. Pittsburgh Steelers need backup quarterback. But no, they're talking starting quarterback. They don't know what's going on internally. Really, the only ones really going, knowing what's going on internally are Mike Tomlin, the coaching staff, Omar Khan, Andy Weidel, Mr. White, Sheldon White. Not to mention the Rooney family. They know what this team needs. Believe you me, remember a couple years ago when Art Rooney, too, came out and said that the Steelers need to take care of the running game? you knew they were going to take care of the running game. And they did in the first round with Najee Harris. They did in a way in the second round with Pat Fryermuth. Even though he's a tight end. That helps the running game. I think he's more of a receiving threat, but you see what I'm talking about. Then they did again, or at least tried to with Kendrick Green. Hasn't worked out, but they addressed it. They brought him in for the offensive line. Remember, not all those picks are going to work. They're not all going to stick. So they know what they're looking for. But then you have a lot of assumptions. And, hey, it's easy for us to say that the Steelers need corner help. They need inside linebacker. They need the trenches. They need both sides of the line, offensive line and defensive line. What do they need more of? Now, a lot of that becomes opinion. They know exactly what they need. And I mentioned the senior bowl and I saw an article that saying that the Steelers are definitely looking at the offensive and defensive line. They're, they're getting defensive help and they're getting it at the senior bowl. Of course, they've got guys that are helping out that are on that coaching staff. And that's fantastic. You know, they're there. So Mike Tomlin's there. They get a chance to have conversations with these guys. And when you're coaching, you get a better rapport with them as well. So, you know, that's something to really look at. But we make assumptions. One of the biggest assumptions that we made last year was, oh, there were no scheduled scheduled visits with Kenny Pickett. They basically had visits with Kevin, uh, Kenny Pickett for five years. He's in the building, and you all know that. But it's really interesting to go ahead and think that because they're talking to Malik Willis more, like they were last year, that they're going Malik Willis. They knew what they wanted, but they could have their opinion changed when they meet these guys. They could have a change for the better or for the worse. I have a feeling that Malik Willis was plan B. I also have a feel, feeling that they might have gone down to the wire and more people voted in that war room that they need to go with Kenny Pickett. I don't know for a fact. We don't know that stuff. We'll find out when Jim Wexel writes his next book about what's going on in the draft process. That's great stuff, by the way. Real, I mean, more intriguing how the soup is made for me. I love it. But there's something called a black and gold red herring. And the Steelers use it a lot. They made everybody assume that they weren't interested in Kenny Pickett because they weren't having those talks with them. And I don't know the extent of the talks. I am not John Clayton. I'm not here saying they were tampering at all. But when you're in a building with somebody, you know their work ethic, you know exactly what they can do. And there's guys from Pitt that they probably they probably have, have had their eye on for a few years. You know, and that's a lot of places. You know, you, you see guys from Ohio State going to Cincinnati or Cleveland, very easily. You know, heck? who Detroit just take with the second overall pick last year, a Michigan guy. And it's not because they're being loyal to the guys that played there. (laughs) No. It's because they know more because of the proximity. Look at how many guys over the years from Alabama ended up with the Baltimore Ravens. Why? You have a famous alumnus. As your GM at the time, Aussie Newsom. He went to he went to Alabama. He bleeds Crimson Tide. That's why he's cha- he changed a lot of Crimson Red to Purple. Not hard to do. You have those connections. You know you might see some guys that are free agents with the Eagles being looked at by the Steelers because of Andy Weidel. I just mentioned the Baltimore Ravens. They brought in Michigan guys too. They brought in a Michigan guy that was injured in the combines or at his pro day. Not hard to do when you could call up your brother. And I, I, man, I'm not bemoaning this at all. Because that's a connection they have. That's not tampering. I'm going to call up my sister. I'm going to call up my close friends if they were in that same position and say, hey, what do you think about this person? No matter what business it is. That's what they're called referrals. They're called references. There's character references. There's all kind of things. And I can imagine that one Wang said to the other Wang, hey, no, this guy's the real deal. He's hurt but you're not going to miss a beat. Take him in the third round. That's what they did. Was it third round or second round? Something like that. But man, they made it work. And that's what you do. So they know exactly what their course is. And you cannot go ahead and assume that the Steelers are going to do one thing because Kevin Colbert is not the one ultimately pulling the trigger this year. Sure, he's involved in the organization. That was talked about last week. Yeah, he's still around. He's got a role. It's a small role, but it's there. But we don't know what Omar Khan's doing for the first time. We don't know the influence of Andy Weidel. Good show on State of the Steelers last week on that, on our network here. We just don't know. They know, and that's cool. Our job right now is to forecast what we think the Pittsburgh Steelers are ultimately going to do based on the facts that we have. But it's a red herring for the Steelers because they let us talk. They're not going to correct us. They're going to let you listen. And they're ultimately going to do what they need to do. That's why mock drafts. Even from Mel Kiper. Even from Schefter. Or uh, McShay. Any of those guys. They think they're in the know. And teams will throw out a red herring to them. Make them think something different. Mike Tomlin's a master of it. He made the... uh, Gosh, I cannot forget his, remember his name now, but the coach at Liberty. I think he really made, without making promises, made the coach from Liberty think that Malik Willis was going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Would he be available? That's why mock drafts aren't 100%. There's surprises. And I know there's trades that come into the mix and, and that knocks things off, but not even the trades. Somebody's going with somebody you completely didn't expect them to go to. This is really interesting this year because I have seen so many different guys go, number one, to the Chicago Bears. But not really quarterbacks. Some people will throw in a quarterback, but come on, their quarterback situation is pretty good. I've seen them go with Anderson from Alabama, Willa Anderson. I've seen them going with with the wide receiver Quentin is it Quentin Johnson? Um, Man, I I don't know, but you know what I'm talking about here. You you know I've I've seen them go with him, seen them go with with him. I've seen so many different things. Jalen Carter is a popular one now to go first overall. Trayvon Walker didn't jump into the first overall pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars conversation until maybe a week and a half before. Most people were forecasting him to go to the Steelers at 20 last year. They really were. Because it all changes but they kind of keep that kind of stuff quiet. Then like two days before the draft, you start hearing Trayvon Walker more and more. Aiden Hutchinson was the guy that everybody thought was going number one. He went number two, but you know, that stuff changes. And of course they're going to throw out red herrings. They have to, you know why? They've got to keep that stuff close to the vest. Man, this whole stuff is really interesting. But why are you going to give another team an opportunity to trade up in front of you by letting them know who you're going to take? You don't want to do that. That, that would be crazy. Steelers have have had that happen to them. As much as I love Lawrence Timmons, the guy in 2007, Mike Tomlin's first draft, was going to be Darrell Rivas. That was the plan. Then the York jets at number 16. Called up the Carolina Panthers at number 14. Because they had Intel that that's who the Steelers were going with. And they swooped in. And they had an opportunity. They made that trade. And you know what? He's gone. Steelers. At fifteen, take Timmons. They got a great player for what ten years. Not complaining about that, but Corner has always been their Achilles' heel. What if Darrell Rivas was there for all those years? Could have gone either way. I mean, if Darrell Rivas is there in two thousand ten, he might pick off Aaron Rodgers. Or. If what you all say is true, that they don't know what to do with the corner, no matter how good he is, then he gets burned. We don't know. I mean, and there's no way to know. All I'm saying is they know what they want to do, whether we think it's right or wrong, but they're going to let us talk. They're going to let the national media, the local media, everybody, they're going to let us talk. And they should. And, and I get it. But that also is good conversation for us too. It really is. But all that stuff is intriguing to me. And we're going to talk more about that when we talk about everybody who is speculating guys to be gone. And it's split on some guys like Mitch Trubisky. We're going to do that when we come back right after this. This is bad language. Look oh, on, the, me so the worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am, on the subway train. Since 2005, girls I. Let'sburg Steeler fans, I'm Brian Anthony Davis here. Talking Steelers here on the show that you know as Bad Language. And I'm so glad. Remember, we can't do any of these shows without you. It's so important that you're here and the fact that you support our network. We love you. We appreciate you. So many great things happening as we keep going forward. And, you know, the Steelers are going forward. They're taking care of business. They were down at the Senior Bowl. They're looking at guys. We're assuming that they're looking at guys more than others. And that's what we talked about on the the first half of the show. But that's what they're giving us. And the Steelers shouldn't tell us stuff. In fact, a lot of people complain about Mike Tomlin being closed mouthed He is, he's closed mouthed But with that being said, he still talks too much. I don't want anything sometimes from these teams. It's frustrating because we don't have stuff to write about and talk about on these shows, but I love the fact that they're close-lipped because loose lips sink ships. We know that. Just talked about on the the first half. Darrell Revis. I'm not saying there were loose lips in that situation, but stuff's going around and and you know who guys are looking at, but you don't you don't know until somebody actually does something. And that's where the whole black and gold red herring is coming in. Cause they'll they'll do things to throw you off the scent. And that's actually a good thing. That's a really good thing. Now, there's I would say there's so many people saying there's no way that the Steelers are getting rid of Mitch Trubisky. Then there's, then I saw a report from, it was national saying, oh, the Steelers are definitely getting rid of Mitch Trubisky. We don't know. And frankly, I don't want to know until it's done. And the reason I don't want to know is because I don't want anybody else to know. Man, I hold my cards close to the vest and. No, actually, in life, I probably talk way too much to my friends and family. I'm very transparent. That's why I'm not the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I shouldn't be. I've got good ideas, but they might have to lock me in the room and take my phone. Now, I'm not a gossip guy. I'm just that guy that I like to talk talk things out, and I talk to a lot of people. But all I'm saying is, on Mitch Trubisky, we don't need to know the truth until it happens. The Steelers may value him. And really, for the most part, he's good coming off of the bench. That was a bad game in December against the Baltimore Ravens, and we know that. That was a terrible game. But there were other situations where he came off the bench against Tampa Bay, helped them win that game. He came off the bench. Actually, not even off the bench. He started against Carolina. I don't know if Kenny Pickett starts the game against the Cincinnati Bengals in week one and wins. I think if he starts a little earlier, I think if he starts in Cleveland, Might not win that game, but he's going to win a lot more games. But that's something they've got to weigh. Remember, the 53rd guy on the roster is so important because those are pieces of the puzzle. And the Steelers know that. The Steelers do that well. We found out in the NFC Championship game, oh, my goodness, we found out. The 49ers found out the hard way that you need to have depth at quarterback and you need to have three guys on the roster at quarterback game day. I hope they change that role and go back to the emergency quarterback stuff. And I'm not talking about the emergency quarterback that is a Christian McCaffrey or when the Steelers had an Antoine Randall L. Or my gosh, I don't even know who the emergency quarterback in Pittsburgh is right now. I thought I knew, but that's just important stuff, you know. So, it's important. Do you want to... My guess is that if they get rid of Trubisky and save that 8500000 million, they're still bringing in a veteran. And they'll probably either draft one in the seventh round. Or they're going to go ahead and bring in an undrafted free agent, see if he sticks. That's my guess, though. If they keep Trubisky, then... They go that second part of the part of the gas, like I just said. Seventh rounder or undrafted free agent. It's probably what they do. Kind of makes sense. But I hate when I hear, "Well, he's not worth that money." It's definitely worth that money when Kenny Pickett has a concussion. What do you do? If I mean. Your odds go down a little bit when you have your second stringer in there. But if you have a good second stringer, you're going to do well, man. We laud Charlie Batch as one of the greatest backup quarterbacks in Pittsburgh Steelers history. I think he is. I I think he knew his role and was very good at it. But if he's not there, What do you do? Dennis Dixon? Dennis Dixon came in and lost that, uh, his rookie season because neither one of them were there. But what I'm saying about this is you had a better chance of winning when Ben was down and Charlie Batch was starting than with other guys. So that's something you got to think about it. You're going to have a better chance with Mitch Trubisky possibly than other guys, but then that $8.5 that they could get back is pretty attractive, so that's something that they know. They know what they're going to do. Mitch Trubisky knows what he's going to do. It seems like they're on track for a divorce, but are they? I have people saying, oh, the Steelers are going to trade Trubisky. Are they? They decide what their best fit is, and then they look at that. That's exactly what they do. So there's so many things to look at here. Everybody is assuming that the Steelers are going to cut a whole bunch of linebackers. If you do that, who's your linebacker? That's a problem there, too. Robert Spillane's not worth the money. He isn't? I kind of think he is. If he's filling a certain role, you're definitely going to cut Devin Bush. Are you probably, well, not cut. They're probably just not going to re up. I kind of expect that to happen. You know, who's not worth the, the money bad. It's miles Jack. Sure. He's $12 million, but what is your alternative? You know, you know, those are the things that you've got to look at. you got to look at all those things. They've been working on this for months. They've been working on this before the season ended, too. So we can go ahead and assume that they're going to go ahead and take a certain guy. We run a mock draft Monday every single week, and it's interesting to show those guys up. We're not deciding who the Steelers are picking. We're just highlighting who other locations are, are saying. And we highlight a different one this week. Dave Scofield does an awesome job with that. Anything he's going to put his pen to. Go ahead and take a look at. You know, if you look this week at that Mock Draft Monday, you're going to find a different person every week. And it, there's a reason for it. as we're highlighting. It's also a good... To, you know, to get an idea who is out there. So you're not surprised by these guys. What the most fun thing to do, if you ask me, is to go out and look at these guys. So when it's time to, time to draft, then you're like, hey, okay, I've got an idea who that guy is. So that's exactly what we do here. So, once again, there's so many things. If you go ahead and look today, if you look at Dave's article, he's going on the defensive line again. Or he's highlighting a guy on the defensive line. He's going to Clemson here. And he's thinking that it's Brian Breeze. Is that is, that, is it Braze? Breeze? Breeze? Man, I'm bad with some of these names. And I hear them. But I need to get better with some of these prospects' names. Man, if this guy falls to the Steelers, he could be fantastic. He could go in the top five. He could go in the top ten or he falls. Because trends happen on draft day too. But, you know, you never know. You just never know who's going to be out there. I saw another mock draft post-senior bowl. thought it was interesting. It was Broderick Jones. He's an offensive lineman. He can move inside. He can stay as a tackle. He's with Georgia. Georgia's a big deal. They, I, If I'm not mistaken, I think they won the last two NCAA championships. Yeah, they did. You know, so <laughs> that's exciting, too. Yeah, If you can look at any mock drafts for the Steelers, you're going to see different names out there. I've seen so many different corners. Of course, Joey Porter Jr. is on the list. I've seen the kid from South Carolina. I've seen so many of them. And that's, of course, because there's so many ways they can go. We can make justifications for every single guy that they go after with these mock drafts and it's easy for us to do. And that's the fun of it. So that's why you stay tuned to guys like us and girls out there doing shows. There's a lot of talent out there doing shows, but also gives you research for when you're watching the draft and you're enjoying it better. That's it. Who are the Steelers going with? We don't know. They're going to tell us it's going to change after they bring guys in in free agency too. only they know what they're doing. Only they know what's on their plan. Only they know their plan B if that said player in free agency goes to another team. We're going to guess, and we're going to make it interesting by guessing they're going to throw are sent different ways too, which kind of they should. So that's what I mean by a black and gold red herring. I hope they continue to do more of it, throw us off the scent. And when one of us is right, we can go ahead and say, Hey, I was the one who picked that guy. I was the one who thought they were going to go with this guy. That's what makes this time of year fun. Thanks for hanging out with me today. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. This has been Bad Language, and as always, I ain't apologizing for nothing.